Sure. But my kids know that they are loved to a disgusting amount of degree. And I think <laughs> that is one of the greatest gifts we can give our children. Right. You know, whatever it is, we all have different strengths. And so putting people, you can only do this if you're a boy or a girl is what I say is good for feminism. We break out of that. Yep. But once we've gotten into, you know, shaming people for historically being good at something, <laughs> then we're stepping on really dangerous ground. Happy Friday, everybody. Happy Friday. I hope you guys are ready for the weekend. And I know that this episode, if you're not ready for the weekend, will get you ready for the weekend because I had an absolutely fantastic guest on today. But before I introduce her and what she does, I would really appreciate it if you joined either the newsletter at DaltonKJensen.com or texted the word podcast to 801-441-3705 and uh, join the group. You know, stay a part of the community who knows what's going on with social media these days. But if you always want to be up to date with the podcast and always want to know what's going on, join the newsletter or text me because that's the absolute best way to make it happen. So with all that being said, let me introduce today's guest. Her name is Lita Green. She is a speaker whose goal is to inspire audiences to embrace what makes them individually hot and amazing. Uh, she runs a lot of different workshops for tweens and teen girls. Um, joyful workshops. Um, we got to talk a lot about how to talk to a kid about sex, because this is a big thing that uh, at least my generation didn't get a lot of. But now we are seeing a lot more openness about it. We talked about everything from confidence to resiliency, personal responsibility, goals, all of that good stuff. So you're really not going to want to miss this episode. It was absolutely fantastic. So without further ado, Lita Green. And don't forget to share this with your friends. Welcome, everybody. This is Dalton Jensen, and you're tuning into The Thinking Project. Thank you so much for being here, Lita. I really appreciate you. Uh, so you have a few things going on. I really love... So you have your po- your podcast, which is the, the Share Your Hotness podcast. Correct. Okay. All right. We're obviously, we're going to talk about that because that's awesome. Um, but you you also offer programs. How would you define what you do? Is it is it a coach? Is it a trainer? Um, speaker. How, what speaker? Speaker okay. author. Yeah. Speaker author. Okay. Yeah, because you got a lot of things going on and a lot of things that I wanted to talk about. Uh, because when you put in your bio, like you know, I put out there, you know, people, you know, who wants to come talk? You know, what are we going to talk about? And I try to pick like interesting guests and and provocative guests where I can, uh, and. Certainly, this would this would be a great opportunity to open up all of those. Yeah, with what, with what you've got going on, and I think you a lot of it's important. Anywhere you want to go, <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> yeah, and uh, because one of the things you talk about um, is how to talk about sex with your kids. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's something that's changed uh, in our generation. Like my parents, you know, that generation really never talked about it, right? Yeah. Nope. Um, they didn't. And they didn't. There, and there are consequences to that. And we're so, yeah, that's all we're all suffering. right now. <laughs> but another thing you do, that's pretty, that's pretty cool. So I have a, I have a daughter, she's five. Um, I would consider myself a feminist because I like, I like girl power and woman power and I want my daughter to be strong. And so independent. you're a classic feminist. Yes. Yes. Because I feel <laughs> okay. like there has to we be should, a We should go into, okay. Yes. Feminism I, I, has gotten to being <laughs> man-hating. And yes, yes ladies, yeah. I am a woman who is married to a man who has a boy yeah. that I made myself. And mm. so when we are demeaning men, how is that if, you know, if it's out the feminine energy, how does that, we need both. Yes. Yeah. Right. I agree. And yep. why we are discounting men as all bad or men are pigs. And I'm very uncomfortable with any kind of statement that <clears> others, <throat> other people. Yeah. They are all this way. Yeah, so I agree. Feminism is about equal rights, equal pay, which we have achieved that. Mm-hmm. We have achieved it. And I can okay. argue some statistics on this. Okay. Um, but, you know, I took several years off to be home with my children. Yeah. My okay. husband did not. And statistically, most women, if they have any kind of financial ability to do so, will take some time off to have a child a year, maybe even five years out of the workplace to be home with that child. And so when they come back into the workforce, that is a five-year pay gap. 
Mm. Right. So people yeah, okay, look at yeah. that and they say, okay, they, but when you start looking at the C-level suite, you are seeing women with sometimes even more advanced pay and hiring opportunities because we've gone into a form of feminism that is about suppressing men and especially white, white men. And I'm saying no. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. I think, I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot to unpack there. Um, because you're right. I would, I would say more classical feminist for sure, because, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what you call it, like woke feminism, but I'm definitely not any, any kind of hater because I just don't, I don't, um, it's not productive in that well, like sense. toxic masculinity that is I, making yeah, a phrase that says all men are toxic or like that's masculinity saying, itself is toxic. Right. And it's like, yeah, it's weird. I, I like that my husband can engulf me with his arms and hold me and everything feels safer because mm -hmm. he's masculine because he's more likely to go fight a battle, you know, physically and would do better as, as he served in the military <laughs> than if I tried to put on a 50 pound rucksack and haul a gun and haul my, my coworker, AKA another soldier off of the battlefield. I really think that men are better suited for that. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I could bench press 165 pounds <laughs> when I was 15 I no Ooh. longer could do that, but most <laughs> of the fellow soldiers are over 165 pounds. And that made me one of the toughest girls on the block. 100%. So we're built differently. I also got to yeah. make babies. Boom. <laughs> that. Yes. Yeah. Well, and I think, yeah, I think that's cool. We miss, I think, well, you know, if we're going to talk about this, but, and I, and of course, like, obviously I'll let you introduce yourself, but we're already in the weeds. So uh, Lita, we're, we're going. So this is, yeah, where, we're just here to have a good time and provide but, value and maybe a little controversy, yeah. right? Yeah, I think so. And, but you know what? It's interesting because I have always viewed that we've kind of lost this idea that it's okay to ha play different positions. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like it's, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And, and I, I don't know, maybe it's just cause I'm a dude and we talk about sports, but you could really talk about it. You could really put it in any scenario, you know, if you like dance or right. orchestra, right? Like if you're on a team, everybody's got to stay in their lane and do what they're supposed to do. Um, and one position is not any better than, than the other exactly. uh, or instrument or, or part or whatever you want to call it. And I think we've lost that in like traditional, maybe traditional relationships and, and maybe not like as a whole, we've lost it, but there's definitely some pieces missing. And right? we're playing to, the exceptions instead of the generalization. Oh, yeah. Do you see what I'm saying? Yep, that yep, yep, there are okay, women yep. out there who are are turned off by the the excitement I have of being able to have had make children. You know, they're yeah. like, oh, I don't want to have babies. Well, you know what? When I was 20, I wasn't really sure if I did either. It took a little bit of maturing before I was willing to make that sacrifice. But I do believe that whenever we make sacrifices in relationships that are healthy. It's putting us in a better position to be enhanced in that relationship. And so, yeah. for example, when my husband and I, before we had kids, I we did a pretty even mix of who cooked dinner. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Tranquility and Roses. Tranquility and Roses offers intention candles. So everything from self-love to abundance to prosperity to passion to alignment and gratitude, there's a candle for everyone and everything in your life. They're made with natural soy wax that is eco-friendly and natural oils safe for the family. And the benefit, they have a burn time of about 30 hours. What are you waiting for? You can use code THETHINKINGPROJECT for 20% off your first order. Go to TranquilityAndRoses.com. Again, that's code THETHINKINGPROJECT for 20% off your first order at TranquilityAndRoses.com. And it'll be the best decision you've ever made. But oh, yeah. during those years that I was you know, at home with our kids, I was able to be at home with our children because he was out there making money. So that wasn't something I was owed, which mm. I think is kind of the 1950s model, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's something that as a team, <laughs> we worked that out. And there was a an article I saw a few years ago that I really liked that they said the average housewife, and you could be the average house person, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is worth $140,000 a year to their main, to the main breadwinner. Because if you think about who's picking up the laundry and the dry cleaning and doing the cooking and the cleaning and all that kind of you to hire all that in, mm -hmm. 
you know, if you get off work at six, seven o'clock, when a lot of people do working traditional jobs or five, if they're lucky, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. A lot of places are closed. So you'd have to take time off of work to go do all those things. And of course, how epic to walk in the door and have dinner made. I love that when I come in the door and my husband has made one of his signature meals, right? Totally <laughs> right. makes me feel loved. But we have a teamwork that works for us that depending on who's busier at the time, you know, the other one, we don't have to say, okay, it's on you. You're, you're doing this. As a team, we pick up the slack for each other. And yeah, over yeah. the years, it's been mostly me that's done most of the domestic stuff. But here's the thing. He doesn't care about decorating as much as I do. <laughs> well, yeah, so, I mean, that's, that's part of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I know plenty of couples that the man is, you know, more of the stay at home spouse. And I don't think Mm -hmm. it matters if it's but being able to be at home or to be not in the workforce doesn't mean you're not working or owed that. It means you're getting to do a different role. And traditionally, women have the multitasking brains and the care about aesthetics and the ability to nurture more typically than men do. Mm. Sure. And those yeah. are really awesome yeah. skill sets that we have often undervalued in our society, telling women in order to have power, you have to be like a man. Well, mm. that means you're in an unhealthy dynamic. I'm not in yeah. that dynamic. I have a wonderful husband who prizes what I do if I'm making money or not, which lets me make more money, which helps me become more successful because I'm not in a power struggle. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think you hit on a lot of good topics right there because one of the things that I always get, like, uh, I think people get confused. Maybe they get, you know, backwards is this idea that, that, yeah, like we can't do more than one thing. Like it's an either, or I really love what you said at the beginning, when you talked about how we're arguing the exceptions and and maybe not the rules. Right. Because mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I, I don't know what you want to call it. Like is the devil de- devil's in the details or or whatever, but you know, when, when you focus on those tiny outliers, right? Yeah. I mean, things can get pretty messy if you're focusing on the outliers, right? Right. Um, but in general, so, yeah. there are many women who love to have babies. They yeah. love that. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, in the Bible, the only thing that ever made a woman curse God was the inability to have a child. It's pretty ingrained into, if you look at history, if you look at the mm-hmm. Bible, it's just a historical document. I don't, okay. I believe in God. And I believe that to be the word of God. But if you looked at it just as a historical document, there's a lot of things that that men got distracted by, but women only got distracted by that. So taking that away from us as though that is not something that is special, I actually see as demeaning to women. Saying that the value of being able to have a child is not a huge contribution to society. That is where I feel like feminism went wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or like, yeah. Or, um, you know, I have, I have a really good friend of mine. Her name is Marin. She runs a podcast, the mama hood podcast. And, uh, we were on her, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's an incredible show. Kudos to her. Sounds awesome. Um, yeah. I, I think yeah, motherhood she, and yeah. fatherhood should yeah, be celebrated. Yeah. Right. And, and well, and one of the aspects, you know, we were at, we were over there for new year's Eve and we were talking about this, this dynamic of, you know, masculinity and, and femininity, right? These archetypical kind of spectrums that, that everybody has to play in. Like as a, as a man, I have to play, you know, to my feminine side, to my feminine strengths and to my masculine strengths, because I think that one of the things that, uh, one of the things that I think we've, you know, with that talk back to this toxic masculinity and, and to this point that I was making when I was talking to, to my friend, Marin was, was, you know, like if you are a mom like this, this, uh, I don't know, woke feminism, that's what I'm going to call it. Um, is, is that, yeah, if you're, if you like are a stay at home mom, that means you're like, you're like submitting to like this patriarchy, right. Or, or whatever. And I'm like, that's crazy. And then on the flip side, getting to do one (laughs) thing really well and specializing or that you you love. Right. And I think that, and and I, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I just I I think it's really funny that being a stay-at-home mom is somehow submitting to the patriarchy when the only way you could afford <laughs> to do that is if you're independently wealthy or there's somebody who's making money for you to do that. 
yeah, doing something. Yeah, I, it's so, sounds yeah, a little bit entitled, right? To say that a woman um, is owed. Yeah, I mean, we just need to respect different roles, and that will yeah, play yeah, to the so. outliers. Oh, so if I meet a guy who's staying home with the kids, good for him. I bet yeah, he's doing a do great job at it. Instead of yeah, being like, whatever. only women can do that. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that's the classical feminism is like, that's what I do whatever you like. It's your house, man. Right. Run yeah. it how you got to run it. Run it to how to make you it work. your spouse yeah. and you're not neglecting the children, more power to you. But people right. have said to me often, like, is you, did you have less kids? So you could put more into your career or, um, you know, it's good. That's you didn't crazy. have as many kids. So you could have a powerful oh career or that's crazy, you know, things like this, right? assuming that children hold you back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I could what like, a, um, like hands to heaven. I could do hours on how <laughs> my children are my why. Yeah. To yeah. show up every day, awesome. Yeah. Every single I, day. I, it's it's banana. I don't know. Um, we'll talk about a lot of tra- traumatic experiences for a child. Like if and and what and I don't know why people say that. Like you're just setting. I mean, that's just a crazy. Like if a kid hears that. And I'm and you you do uh, confidence workshop workshops mm-hmm. for young young yeah. women, um, and that and goes I, into celebrating mother. Okay, so some moms like, you know, I lost myself in motherhood. No, don't blame yourself because you didn't figure out who you were before you made people. Okay, that's right. Fair. You need to figure yeah. you out, and so that's why I'm not a fan of having babies. You know, at 17 and 19 and 20 and. The brain doesn't finish forming. They say till it used to be 22. Now it's 24. 20, so yeah, 24, I'm not 30. saying 30. I'm saying, you know, probably not before your brain's finished forming. Right. And you've had some life <laughs> sure. experiences because though you can be an amazing parent and there are, I think it makes it harder to sure. make that level of sacrifice that is required to be an engaged parent. But there is this thing that's being put out to women and women will sometimes fall trapped to this and your kids listening to it, that you're not enjoying this. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And, that, and that's hard for kids. I don't love. Absolutely. Sure. sure. But my kids know that they are loved to a disgusting amount of degree. And I think <laughs> that is one of the greatest gifts we can give our children. If you made to make them or not, that you have bucked up and loved them and been the adult. And given them that love because life is hard. Yeah. And so they're going to need that resilience that comes from that foundation of knowing they always have that fallback. Yeah. Well, and it's just like this, this, um, this idea of doing what's right for, for your situation and for your family. But yeah, I mean, like how traumatic it would be to hear, you know, a mother talk about how her kids set them back. I mean, you're, you're, that's crazy. You see, yeah, I know, I know, and 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 most of the time, what makes me kind of frustrated is it's like an unintentional. Like they're not, they don't, you know. Usually, like they're they're like it's not malicious. There's no malicious right. intent, right? My mother said when she when I was younger, she said, you know, I think I could have been a good mother to two kids, and I was like, my sister, my brother, my brother, me, my other brother. <laughs> And so I spent a lot of time in my childhood trying to prove that I was valuable and Mm. that I was worth having. And I felt like I wasn't wanted. When I got older, I realized what my mom was saying. She felt overwhelmed. And it's probably true that my mother probably didn't, you know, (laughs) probably shouldn't have maybe had five kids with all of her life circumstances. (laughs) That's for her to answer. And I'm definitely glad she gave me life. But that statement taken out of context as a young child, because I didn't have the frame of reference to understand that mm-hmm. was really something I had to work really hard to overcome and that I don't yeah. have to be productive to be loved. Yeah. Yeah. But when a and, child hears the mm. message that they were not wanted, then they're like, how do I keep earning my space? Right. Yeah, which is a tough, which is a tough, you know, hand to play. <laughs> well, you know we all I mean? get a, we all get a hand, and most most of yeah. us have not yeah. had the easiest hand. No, and I, yeah, I like that you brought that up too because um, that's one of my I don't know that's when my life changed 
is when I was when I realized that everybody has their own bag of crap that they're carrying around. You know what I mean? (laughs) Right. You know, uh, but but uh, but absolutely. I think that. um, Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. We were just having it's so funny that we run into this because I was just literally having this conversation before, um, you know, during New Year's and things like that, because it's frustrating. And I'm having a conversation with one of my really good friends uh, because so let me tell you a story. I wanted to start a second podcast. So uh, I um, my friend Marin, I met through my wife, Uh, her husband, Dallin, were really good friends, um, done some business together. And, uh, I was like, Hey, I want to do a fatherhood podcast, you know, like I want to do one. I think that'd be cool. And I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm an entrepreneur, uh, and, and sales guy at, at heart. So I do a little bit of market research. I go ask a couple friends and I go, Hey, I want to start this podcast where, where we like champion fathers and we, and we champion and we try to help men like find their, you know, manhood essentially. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like that has been like, when I go out with my friends, I feel like some of that's lost because we're trying to play, play to these sides that are fine to play in. Like I, like I said, like I'm a feminist and I got feedback and I was like, they're like, yeah, I don't know if you should do that. I don't know if it's a good idea. You might get blown up for that. It might not be politically correct. Or, you know, you could get, I, I had somebody tell me it could get dicey real quick. And I was like, all right. So I, so I, I didn't do it. Um, I, it may happen in the future. I don't know, but, but I was like, just the feedback. And by the way, I'm going to tell you, these were all guys mm-hmm. who, who were telling me this. I'm like, Hey, would it be cool to have a podcast where you could go and, and like be okay. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. And learn I, more about and I can hear the, the, the voices yeah. that are like, it was crazy. I was like, and that's oh, why I'm, I'm pretty vocal about saying, look, cause I'm in a position where I've worked from home my children's whole entire lifetime. And I've also been a very high income earner. So I have that credibility, you know, and uh, I, you know, successful in my chosen field. And I'm also married to a successful man. So it's not like I've been suppressed and have been able to have my life, you know, and I just, it drives me nuts because I have a son that has been told he needs to apologize for being male. Yeah. Yeah. That's a tough one. And my son is, you know, I think an amazing male of tenderness and caring and protectiveness, which is what, you know, the the masculine energy is of this protectiveness. He's fantastic. And the girl that ends up with him is going to be um, as lucky as I am with who I ended up with, you know? So why are we demeaning? Because when, you know, Martin Luther King said, if there's an injustice, um, I I'm going to slaughter the quote, but he basically said, if there's injustice among any of us, there's injustice for all. Mm. So how, when we as women take power, that's called dominion, where we need to figure out how to work as a society together. That is how you create cooperative systems that work for everyone. But Mm -hmm. if, you know, you're telling people they're not allowed to speak or to feel certain things, instead of introducing new ideas and new ways of being, then you're just being an authoritarian. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So now let's talk about this because you run, uh, one of the programs you run is uh, a workshop for uh, young women to, what did you, what did you call it? A, ma- a maturation program for young women. So I do maturation programs like, you know, in the elementary school where okay, they have to yeah. have a maturation speaker. I do those. I go in and talk about oh, the I didn't know they had to have periods and yeah. And wow. I, wildly entertaining so those are for fifth grade girls and I did that basically okay. long story short my daughter was like this is so boring and then a friend asked me to do it and I was like just to impress my daughter again another example yeah. of why my kids are why I'm like I'm gonna do this and then I loved it because I was able That's to funny. throw in you know there's a state curriculum um you know we can't talk about you know abstinence as a form of you know you know, so I can just, I just kind of make the comparison of well, oh, your instrument's so, not ready to play yet. So, so the state says you can't talk about abstinence as a form of, as a no. form of like um, sex or protection or, um, something or what? There are a lot of things that can happen to a girl by having sexuality happen too young. And yeah. 
um, you know, going deep, you know, I, I, I know you did your homework, but I wrote a book on overcoming sexual abuse. And so I'm very passionate about making sure that young girls, which we are sexualizing our children too much, bringing these conversations into kinder before a kid is eight, they have not decided what the value is between a boy and a girl. They just are just figuring out that there are differences between boys and girls. Yeah, but they've okay. not put a value on it. So we used to be guilty of girls aren't as good as math, which is ridiculous, right? Yeah, that's and so there was this pushback in this, you know, feminism, which is good. That of mm-hmm. course a girl can be good at engineering. Why couldn't she be good at engineering? And of course, okay, yeah. guys can be good at color and design too, right? And art and whatever, yeah, whatever you want. Right, you know, whatever it is, we mm-hmm. all have different strengths. And so putting people, you can only do this if you're a boy or a girl, is what I say is good for feminism. We break out of that. But once we've gotten into, you know, shaming people for historically being good at something, (laughs) then we're stepping on really dangerous ground. So, but I'm very against bringing sexuality conversations of any kind into younger ages. And so I do agree that with the state saying you can't talk about abstinence, but you also shouldn't be talking about how to have sex. And so different states have different, different curriculums on that. Fortunately, mm-hmm. in the state that I'm in, um, it's just we just don't get into it. But I do think it's important that we get to throw a little bit of sexual safety, like your body, my choice, you know, sure. kind of things. You know, don't touch yeah. me. Feels bad. You can say no. You know, teaching people, yeah, yeah. teaching girls yeah, to boundaries. Do that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm oh, able to yeah, throw sure. some of that in, which is early confidence, early autonomy is very important. And of I make course. it. I mean, at one of point, course. I've fallen onto the ground. You know, I mean, I just make mm-hmm. it really fun. And then I do confidence <laughs> workshops for girls and women um, throwing in with image and how you present yourself, the total package, but all starting from here, not a place of I have to look good enough to be accepted. Sure. Yeah, I like that. So let me go back just a second, because one of the things that you like that that you wrote and that I would like to talk about is how to have the conversation of sex with your kids. Um, now, you're saying that. that the lower the you, there is an age where you really start to talk about it and anything younger than that. I think you said eight is uh, like, how do so what do you do before eight? Do you just um, body autonomy. So when they're okay. two, okay. two and a half years old and you're, you know, you're in the tub and you're teaching them how to bathe themselves because you're tired sure. of leaning over the tub, right? <laughs> you're sure. showing them, okay, this is how you clean your arm. <gasps> yeah. Oh my heavens. You're so good at that. Well done. Yeah. Good job. At dinner time, you know, little Joey is in charge of cleaning his arm. He did such a good job. And then when you get to, you know, vagina or penis, you're not like, okay, now we've gotten to the sensitive areas. You know, we're not getting all weird about it, right? We're just like, okay, this is how you clean it because there's different ways to clean things. Yeah. And course. so by being like elbows, knees, and toes, and, you know, all the different body parts and calling them their correct name and not being like, yeah really uncomfortable about it gives children um and so you know if they're elbowing their neighbor you're like that's your elbow well i wasn't in control of it i didn't mean it but i thought it was your arm i mean you wash it it's detached to you yes it is right it helps you help them to not be bullies right Mm. by being too aggressive physically which girls and boys can do right yeah and then (laughs) nobody can yank your arm Nobody can pull your arm and that's okay. And then teaching kids about what feels, you know, happy and what feels sad and what we do with those sad feelings. And I think like in religious circles are really good at teaching children to follow, you know, the feelings of what we would call the Holy Ghost or the spirit or God. Right. Um, But, you know, there's the the yin and the yang. Right. Mm. And we need to teach kids that when they feel that to go, no. And um, not having children just hug someone for gratitude. Why do we have to give our bodies? Because they gave you a present. Because pedophiles give compliments and presents to, you know, it's a form of grooming. And talking about what adults do with their bodies is a huge form of grooming to break down the child's, um, to desensitize them. The man that chose to molest me, I've noticed I put it on him and not calling him my abuser. He would Mm -hmm. talk about breasts and touching breasts. And that was a very topic, big topic of conversation with him. 
So by the time he was touching my breasts, well, every, I mean, it wasn't mm. a big thing. And so when we're talking about sex with children, we are opening the door for someone, for them to um, touch each other, you know, other kids, you know, playing doctor. Mm -hmm. But when it's between kids, there's a certain form of innocence unless this child has been exposed to more adult actions. But kids will just touch each other and be like, yeah, well, under eight, that does. Yeah, under eight, there's a lot of like just exploration in general right innocence and if you're like oh my god you touched the penis you know they're gonna be like whoa that got a reaction out of adults and kids like reactions yeah 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 right that's that's, so just being like oh yeah you know things that underneath our underwear are private and notice that i have this underwear sweetie one one day your body's gonna change and so we just start having this area be private too and yeah. those are things you'll notice you haven't seen the neighbors and hopefully you live in a neighborhood where the neighbor's <laughs> not flashing, you know, he's keeping, but yes, I get it. Yes. Yeah. 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 And so they're yeah, showing people like, yes, body, we all keep it. Yeah. And there's private parts of our body and nobody should mm-hmm. touch those private parts of your body without your permission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's I like that. Um, and then as far, so, okay. So under, under eight, you talk about body autonomy and, and you talk about, uh, you know, body responsibility, but responsibility. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. So then, then you get to, to, you know, eight, nine, 10, whatever. Now you have real lucky, conversations. Your kid will not come to you with questions before the age of eight or nine, but in today's world, they'll come to you. For example, my son came to me one day and he said, mom, so-and-so told me another little kid, it was a year or so older that if you touch, if you, um, that you need to touch your penis until it becomes like a stick mom. And then you put it in a girl. And even if she says no, she likes it. Whoa. Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Oh, holy. He was almost eight. Oh, no. And so what I share from there is what I, you know, what the story and how I approach that with kids oh is how gosh. the whole entire thing and that would probably take all the time we have. So they can attend <laughs> one insane. of my, my workshops, but that's your, terrifying. Your, isn't it? As like a few, like a, I'm my daughter, I have my son and my daughter, my daughter's five. That would terrify me. Yes. And we I don't you know, can just I don't have know me what on I mean. again and we can break all of that down for people, but I know we have sure. lots of topics to cover. I'm not trying no, to be like, no, 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 I'm no, no. This to is you the thing, you sure, know, sure, sure. but yeah, it yeah, takes yeah. at least 15 minutes, but, um, that that and then I studied it against psychology. I'd read a lot because of my own history of overcoming being molested from two and a half to 14. Okay. So there is a certain amount of surprise and shock and anger that this was now my kid because I term that as my kid was viola- you know, violated by a peer, yeah, yeah. you know, a kid Absolutely. who obviously that kid had gotten some really unhealthy things probably going down on them. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how I handled that, I've been able to share it with lots of other people. And we we don't need to make this a scary thing any more than if I talked about my elbow. See how my elbow's a little hairy and I don't like that. <laughs> I mean, you know, you laugh, but we need to make it that easy for kids without exposing them to adult concepts. But their brains are not sure. ready to handle the nuances of how to work with that in a safe way. Okay. So, so if something like that happens, pro tip here, what, what, I mean, what's the best practice? First of all, stay calm. Okay. Stay very calm and just be like, don't, you know, like find out what they have been told. And then of course, pro tip, answer the questions. Okay. You know, if they're like, you know, my oh, I heard this, out, is this true? Yeah. You know, figure out what they have been told and then answer the question honestly in a non-sensational way. And how I talk to the kids, you know, just kind of giving a summation. I hate to like give the principle and not have it be filled out. But basically, if there is a tree that is alive, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. This tree has all its branches and foliage. What is that tree good for? You can have this big, long conversation with kids. I'm working on a children's book with this. And then you have the dead tree. It does not give back osmosis. You, you wouldn't want to build a tree house in it, right? Yeah. Now, both of the things that make people in human life is called sex. Mm-hmm. And the thing that my son heard about is rape, which is a form of sex. But I'm not, you can't build a tree house in that. Mm-hmm. 
You can't build a life around that. So taking these principles down to things that kids can understand, and as in uh, Tori Tinboom in the book Hiding Place, which if you have not read it, highly recommend this book. Okay. Her father's a watchmaker, and she asked some big girl questions, right? And he asked her to lift his bag of watchmaking things, and she couldn't. And then he easily lifts it. And he says, you need to let me carry that for you right now. So there's a certain amount of giving the information in a non-sensational and calm way and certain Mm -hmm. information saying, I'm going to carry that for you. And that goes back to what kind of love are you putting into a child? Because you cannot have love without trust and you can't have trust without love. Mm -hmm. And so if you're creating that relationship with your child, they will let you hold that for them. So when it came to telling my kid that people violate other people and rape them, and oh, by the way, that happened to me, was not what happened that day. I just explained that there's a healthy form of everything in life and an unhealthy form of everything in life. And what you heard about, you're going to have to let me hold that for you. Do you have any questions? Does that make sense? So yeah, yeah, yeah. a big concept that I just shrunk down. But giving that principle, I've had all of it checked out by therapists and psychologists, and it's just a very easy way to talk to our kids, but it just takes a little bit more time to fill it out. So I guess yeah, I well, just myself back on your, your podcast. <laughs> well, let's do it. I'm not, I'm not mad about it. Um, no, I think, well, and, and you know, we, it, I like that you said that because there is definitely, um, I, I like that because there's definitely some things that you got to wait for. You know what I mean? You just wouldn't understand it right mm-hmm. now. And by the way, hardest thing I've had to accept in my life is like, I'm not ready for the, like, you know, you ever try to look for an answer and the answer is you're not ready yet. Like what's that movie? I don't know that movie. You yeah. And teenagers, the you know, they're adults in their brains. In their brain. <laughs> yeah, right. And but their brains are also misfiring the neural pathways. So yeah. it's, you know, talking to your kids about this and talking to your um, teenagers, what I recommend is setting it up so that when they become a teenager, you've already set it up with the different quadrants. There's the social, there's the Mm -hmm. mental, the psychological, there's the physical, and then the spiritual. Because in my home, that's important. So if the spiritual is not important in your home, then don't start preaching it because that's just weird, right? But what are the social ramifications of something? What are the mental ramifications? What are the physical ramifications? So when it came to immunizing my son against um, the uh, the uh, it's a it's a thing that boys can carry that if they have sex with a girl, it can give her uterine cancer. And I can't remember what that's called. I did not immunize my son against that. And I said, basically, if you have sex, you could make her sick and not even realize you are. Could you even Mm -hmm. think that you would have that kind of intimate behavior with a young lady and think that you love her when you could be making her sick? Because I was not going to immunize my son against bad behavior. Oh yeah. My daughter could be raped by a boy. Yeah. And that could cause a problem for her. So I did give her that vaccination, Mm -hmm. you know, but I wasn't giving my son an open door because he wasn't physically able to provide for a child. So why engage in the behavior? Are you mentally able Mm. to get up at two in the morning, four in the morning, (laughs) um, you know, Completely rewrite your life around that. So why engage in a behavior you're not ready for the consequence? And this goes back to how in society we are trying to circumvent consequences that existed since before any of us have ever even been a twinkle in our parents' eye. Mm -hmm. There are consequences in life. If I eat all chocolate and, you know, cake all day, I am going to have an unhealthy body. And that should not be celebrated. Because my body is not happy. That is going to affect yeah, my yeah. chemistry of my brain, the pumping of my blood, right? I have to do a certain amount of physical exercise, period. And yeah. even if I go and surgically get all that fat removed, I still have a fatty heart and a fatty liver. Well, yeah. And you know what's funny about that is like we do, we have like created these shortcuts. Um, but in my experience, you know, and I'm sure you can say the same things, but in my experience, like goals don't goals aren't aren't there for the results right their goals are meant to create habits that's that a create great the, way to say it dalton you know what i'm saying yeah. because like yeah because Creating like yeah, hey, look. yeah. <laughs> yeah well and you create habits that that make you ready for the person who's ready to 
have the results they want. Right. Because like, you know, I read this amazing quote and, um, you know, I, I think it's just some harsh truths that we had, we got to put out on the table, but like, if you gave a poor person a million dollars, they wouldn't be wealthy or rich. They would just be less poor a little longer. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, because, because be- money ha- is, yeah. there's a principle of how you manage money that, you know, for lack yeah. of a better term is spiritual. Yeah. Well, right? and, and like, yeah. And like, well, you know, so I have mixed feelings about Dave Ramsey. I think he's awesome. I also don't like some of the things he says, but one of the things he says is he's like, you don't start saving money when you get that great job or when you, when your kids move out or anything like that, he's like, it won't happen. You got to, it, it'll only happen when you make it a priority. And that is kind of the principle of this, you know, like if you gave a, uh, if you gave a poor person a million dollars, because, and, and look, by the way, let me just stop real quick. I grew up in the poorest County in Iowa, like 95% of our kids were on, we're on free lunches, food stamps. Like I I was blessed in my life to have hardworking parents. Uh, And so we might've had that a little bit, but we lived a pretty good life. But like my home, my, the house that I grew up in in Iowa today is a five bedroom, three bathroom house, like 2,500 square feet. And it's worth 60 grand. Like you could buy it right now for 60 K. Like, yeah, I grew up in a poor neighborhood. (laughs) So yeah. the only you know meal I, mean? I could count on was school lunch. So I get you. Yeah. And God bless so America that you and I are sitting where we're sitting. Right, right. And so I, I'm empathetic and I want people to succeed. And I know that it's really hard in those neighborhoods to like come out. But I also know that there is some level of responsibility that you got to be like, look, like I had to get out of there. Like I woke up when I was 18 and they're like, what are you going to do? And I was like, not coming back here, oh man, because if I stay here, it's not going to be good. And for some people who stayed there, it was great. You know what I mean? It's just everybody's got to figure out their well, own path. But um, in order like money and all the kind of things we're talking about, I think the word we could chew on is being proactive. Yeah. That yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're not making a plan for your money or a plan for your life or a plan for yeah. how you're raising kids, you're probably not going to be awesome at it. And right, the reason right. that people, when they get a bunch of money and they don't have a plan for that money, that yeah, money just flows through their fingers. Right. Right. Because well, energetically, you know- they haven't made that plan. To to prove my point, I read a statistic on lo- lottery winners. Do you know how many lottery winners there are who are still millionaires? It's close to zero. Yeah. It's like extremely close to zero. Um, and which, I mean, it's just, that's a fact. That's science. Yeah, yeah I've, that, I've heard that. A, <laughs> I've seen that too. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like, there's not very many lottery winners who kept the money. We are also brought to you guys by Monarch Social. Now, Monarch Social isn't just another social media marketing company because they're going to take care of you on all your digital marketing fronts from SEO to beautifully designed websites to custom videography. And if you want to know more about that, you got to check out the video they did for me uh, on the Thinking Project Facebook group um, because it was absolutely phenomenal. They absolutely killed it. Morgan and his team take really good care of you. They walk you through every step of the process and the communication is on point. So if you need a custom video, a beautifully designed website, if you need uh, custom social media ad campaigns, Monarch Socials, where it's at. They also have a podcast they release every Friday where they bring you a ton of value. So check them out, monarchsocialbrand.com, or you can find them wherever uh, you're on social media because they're probably there too. So check them out, monarchsocialbrand.com and get your digital marketing rolling. And, uh, and it's just so, so like, you know, obviously empathetic towards that. Obviously I want to do a lot of things when I'm able to like help people in that, in that community. Um, but at the same time, it, you know, it also is like, look, you know, you haven't created the habits in your life that will, will help you not only attain your goal, but retain the goal. Because like right. what I heard, one of my mentors in life was like, it's easy to get to number one. It's harder to stay at number one. Amen. And uh, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> like well, real you know, easy it, to be a champion. Most of us are not one. trying to be number one. We're just trying to define what success is. And I'm sure yeah, you've heard okay, that's that yeah, if you're successful fair. in one area, you tend to be successful in a lot of areas. And yeah. it goes back to those habits that you have. Just yeah. like I feed my business daily. I feed my relationships daily. I feed my soul daily. I feed yeah, my body course. daily. Right. 
And if you understand that principle of being proactive and moving your life forward, you know, with that plan, with that daily habits, then you're much more likely to achieve success in all the ways. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, I, I like that. I like that we've kind of talked about everything because um, it's great. So, uh, but I do want to talk about this because it's something that it's something that people like our generation is trying to figure out coming from a generation that really suppressed it. And that is like, the, how do you talk to your kids when it's appropriate? So we've kind of moved, right? So under eight, body autonomy, body responsibility. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Um, above that, you're teaching. So, so at what point do you get to? So the, I'm doing yeah. the different quadrants. Okay. So yep, as soon yep. as my kids pushing then, back and saying, "Why can't I?" Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. So, what, so what age is that? And what do you, so like? How do you have like when it's time to actually like? That's the age I want to know. Like when it's time to actually like. All right, this is exactly what we need to talk about. There's not going to be any secrets here. Like we're not oh, throwing any. Yeah. Okay. Like, so that's two different questions. Okay. So right, okay. I okay. joke that five is when they start being like why you know i mean not yeah. the why this why you know like the two-year-old why but they're yeah, like but like they're i've genuinely... seen you be an idiot why do you have the answers you know that could right. be five that can be 12 depending on yeah, sure. your kid's personality um and sure. i think that's where you're willing to you know lean into that conversation if your kid challenges you the answer is not because i said so i'm the parent and you don't pay bills right it's <laughs> When they start asking why, be like, have a discussion, really open up about, well, okay, are you ready to drive a car, buddy? Yeah. Can you even reach the gas pedals? (laughs) There's a reason they haven't made cars like that. You know, when my kids were little and they didn't understand why they couldn't run out into the road, I'd walk them up to a sitting car and show how they can't see the driver's face. And if they can't Mm. see the driver's face, the driver can't see them. Yeah. And so if it's fair or not, I've got the hype here. So that gives mm-hmm. me a perspective in which to do this. So, you know, when it comes to why can't I buy this thing? Okay, let me explain um, what a household budget is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Well, you know, Just money, yeah. Really explaining how these things, whatever it is that they're pushing back on, don't be the authoritarian because then you're <laughs> going to create more rebellion. Yeah. Take the time. And you can say, that is an awesome question. It's going to take a little bit of time to answer that. Let's set up when we're going to talk about it. You know? Um, And the older kids get, the more you got to sometimes schedule those (laughs) things. Right? Um, But, you know, one day there was a young lady that um, I found out what her father was doing to her. He was molesting her. And so I kidnapped the children. And so Mm. my children were hearing me turned myself into the police as having kidnapped these kids and that I was not giving them back at the request of the father. And this is why I was doing it. And I was calling all but the national guard, you know, to get the legal on my side as much as I could Mm -hmm. because of what was happening to the children. And my son was like watching this and he was probably about 12 at the time. Mm -hmm. And he goes, mom, what? Whoa. Cause all this is happening. All of a sudden there's all this activity at our house. I mean, you know, the police came over and all this kind of stuff. Right. No. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there was a scene. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, in, in a good way, I, I yeah, got to keep way, the yeah. kids by the way, <laughs> you know, oh, good. Um, yeah, they good. did not have to go back to their dad. That is one accusation that has to be proven innocent. You know, you're guilty yeah. until you prove yourself innocent. And I think that's on that one. It that's fair, which is why false accusers should go to jail for that. Um, but anyway, uh, my son's like, mom, how can you, how do you know what to do? And I was like, Mm -hmm. oh, (laughs) I said, that is an awesome question, son. And I'm going to answer that tomorrow because there was too much happening right then to just throw in my kid's lap because I was molested longer than you've been alive. Mm. That is something that was too heavy that I need to kind of carry that. So I had to make sure that I set the conversation up in a way that we could have a successful outcome that he wouldn't be like, what? Right. Mm-hmm. So there's this balance. I do think that there are private things that we, I, it's a really hard thing to say, but there are secrets of life. Sure. You know, I don't have yeah. sex in front of my children. That is private. Sure. Yeah. Right. And so what positions their father and I take are no one's business. That's a secret, right? But when you look at 
what we depict in Hollywood, everything's open. And so I would point out to my kids that there are secrets that people have that are between those two people and that's corporate. But if anyone's ever trying to have you keep a secret from your dad and I, that is a really dangerous thing because we have responsibility (laughs) to keep you safe. So really explaining what are good secrets, right? But, oh, um, you know, your dad, you know, your dad just lost his job and we only have this much savings. That's not a kid's business. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Do you see what I'm saying? So they're all, everything being open, it needs to be guided a certain amount by what the kid's being exposed to and what questions they have. And then you're the person- that will answer the questions, but there's a, 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 a line of propriety, which is a bad yeah, word yeah, to use I, nowadays. <laughs> and a line of you're the responsible parent. I grew up in a home where my bank account, if I had money in my bank account, my parents would take it out to pay the mortgage. Yeah. And the responsibility to run the household was placed on me. That was too young. Mm-hmm. You know, that was too much pressure on me. I missed a lot of my childhood because I was worried about being able to pay the mortgage. Mm -hmm. You know, and maybe my parents should have sold a house and moved us into a, you know, a trailer. That would have been easier on me than trying to maintain a certain level. Yeah, isn't that, yeah, isn't that, isn't that the, but again, like one of the reasons, you know, as a dad, hearing that it, there's a lot of like weight to that, but I think it would be easier because like men have, I don't know, men just in general, I don't, I like, I'm Polynesian. I, I don't, I don't, I know I don't look like it all the way, but. Um, you don't look totally white. So good for right, you. Uh, you know, <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, but it's funny because like, you know, I, I grew up in the Polynesian household, but men just in general, we, we have these things that, you know, are off limits to talk about unless you have really good friends, unless you're in kind of these circles where it's okay to talk about like your struggles and stuff like that. That's one of the reasons, because I feel like a lot of problems could be avoided if we just, if men just learned how to like not lean so much into the ego, you know what I'm saying? Like it's okay that having those conversations and there are conversations that are effectively had with my daughter that yeah. I don't have the right personality for or the right masculine and energy for, right? That yeah. she needs to hear from her dad or she needs to hear sure. from a trusted uncle, yeah, right? And vi- and, yeah, and vice versa. And vice like versa. With, with, with you know? my daughter, you know, there sometimes my wife goes, you got to handle this with, with the kid or with my with my daughter. And um, and same with my son. I'm like, hey, you got to talk to him about this, right? Or, or but, but it's like this team thing. And, and again, like, it's just funny because I don't understand what happened. Like that's it. That's what a team does. Like we take, you know what I mean? We play our position. We stay in our lane. Of course we come help out. Of course the best play, some of the best players on the team can do different things, you know, but for the most part, but for the most part, you play your position. You know what I mean? Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like what's the big deal? And it's really hard if you're having to be a team all by yourself, you know, single parents out there, both single yeah, moms yeah, and single yeah. dads. And that's why as yeah. a community, we need to lean in and help those, and help people. you know, yeah, um, and I'm not talking about giving them more money. I'm talking about, you know, picking the kid up from school and actual mentoring and loving on that family. Giving, yeah. Giving, yeah. You know, yeah. giving gifts of time. I lived, I lived in the inner city of yeah. DC and it okay. was very interesting to me um, being one of you know, maybe five white people that I was going to church with that as people um, in this community would discover principles of self-reliance and, you know, that they had the ability to change their life. Generational slum living people would go to college. You can throw all the money you want at kids to go to college that live in the inner city. But if that kid does not believe that they are college material, that check will go uncashed. Yeah. And so problems are solved (laughs) in our own individual hearts and how we think. And that is through conversation and relating experiences. We call that mentorship, right? What Mm -hmm. you're doing on this podcast, you don't know who could be plugging into this because it's free. I mean, what a beautiful world of information (laughs) we live in. It could change someone's life. Conversely, 
the day my book Love Me Too came out on preventing and how to recover from sexual abuse, um, I'm looking in my category. There was a book teaching people how to be more effective pedophiles. Those books are real? Yeah, and that's out Holy there. Shit. And all the good information and all the bad information, oh where it used gosh. to be that we as parents could control the flow of conversation, right? Sure, we sure. had the remote yeah, to the luck. TV. The internet didn't yeah. exist. But don't assume that your kid doesn't know a heck of a lot more than they think they do. And if you've not set the groundwork to be able to have these conversations with them, Dang. you're undermining their confidence and their ability to go into the world confidently Yeah, because there's all that shame covering it. And mm. there should be no shame in having a conversation of any nature with your parent. Yeah. And if your kid comes and says, you know, I've, I have, I've masturbated or I've had sex. Okay. Well, let's, um, I we've taught you not to do that. It's <laughs> yeah. not really helpful yeah. because clearly you've maybe if you're a religious family, you've set your standards down. Be calm. Sure. Talk to them. Yeah. You know? Well, I mean, and my you know, my, just, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. My son brought me the phone one day and this girl was offering him a blowjob. Jeez. And talk about ego. I'm the lady who teaches kids not to do that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably in right? school. <laughs> I mean, you talked about there's feminine ego, too, right? Ego, period. Yeah, we yeah. all are guilty of it. Right. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Looking through his phone, being all calm, seeing yeah. if he had been propositioning her. Instead sure. of just being like, well, that hussy, right? Let's sure. find out what my son's responsibility is in this conversation. And, you know, I'm before I'm yeah. discussing with him what to do about it, I'm like, were you laughing at conversations about blowjobs? Were you having conversations about blowjobs? Were you asking for blowjobs? Mm -hmm. And yeah, he, he laughed at some of those conversations. So I'm like, you need to be more clear about what you stand for, because people only make offers they think will be accepted to other adults or to teenagers. Right. Oh, good point. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> there's a responsibility on my son to make sure he's clear about what he is or is not going to accept. And then we can address with the young lady that we are not accepting this offer. <laughs> I'm sorry. And That's the conversation just, no, it's I a had good, with it's her great. Mother, it's great. It's just, it's just, yeah. Yeah. The conversation I had with her mother, she was like, well, what can you do? Oh, well, <laughs> a lot. And I was like, what can you do? Oh, well, no. let me tell you what we're <laughs> going to do in my household, you know, and oh, I, no. you know, walked her through that. And, <laughs> you know, we, yeah, we and have that, to, yeah. able to be parents and that means being tough sometimes, but we also can't be so tough that we haven't built the trust, which again, trust and love are intertwined and mm -hmm. confidence. If it's for um, family trust, you know, family confidence. Yeah. Internal confidence is if you trust you. Like, for example, I can't be a confident person and not admire my character. You, sure. There's no shortcut to that. You can't self-love your way in to liking someone you don't respect. Yeah. So if you yeah. want your kids to respect you, you got to put the time in to let them know they're loved and they're valued and they're precious to you. If you want them to, you know, hold your standards you've got to put that in so they have confidence in that relationship and that yeah. takes time. Yeah. That, yeah. I think, I think that's the, probably the biggest thing I've learned is like just staying calm. Right. Cause that would be insane. I don't know. I, yeah, I just remember is, having conversations um, like, Oh geez. Dude. My son's done some modeling. He's a little bit too cute. It's a little bit of a challenge. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. That's great. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, a lot of good information there, though, because I think that's what we miss, like just staying calm. I think that's the probably the biggest thing because, you know, and, and then not just like there's. Yeah, I, I like that. I get that. I, Stay I like calm. That, uh, it's your ego, which you already said. Then, get all, that's, yeah. all goes with being calm. And I like that you say answer the question. Thinking, how yeah. they're thinking it 20, 30, 40 minutes into it. You can then you can say, you know. I would prefer we take this course of action, but you've got yeah. to figure out where they're at first because yeah. they have been, yeah. chances are if you are in a religious household and your kid has put something about that in their bio or their Instagram, 
they are being targeted by pedophiles. Yeah, that's pedophilia went up during COVID because all the kids are home, of course, only studying the things on the internet. And if they can get that kid to have enough shame, yeah, because they have sent a naughty picture. Yeah, I'm not. I don't know. I I don't know. I I don't know if kids. You're like, oh, Luda. Well, well, I go. Well, I go. Dude, I don't even think you should have that. It's banana. I don't know, but. It's it's such Check a hard it's such a mix devices, but yeah, assume a, mm. assume that they are being targeted because they probably are. Yeah, yeah. Whether you know it or not, that's the scary part too. There's more know, sex but then, but then you just like, yeah. Oh yeah, I mean one of my one of my she's been uh, Candace. Uh, I think her last name is Laird. Um, I can't remember, uh, but her first name is Candace. She runs. Uh, a nonprofit, anti-human trafficking nonprofit, Exodus. I've had her on the podcast a few times. Attended that gala once, and that's a heavy gala to attend. Everybody's and sex trafficking nice and... is a fancy word for slavery. Yeah. yeah, as is their work trafficking. You know that they human trafficking. They do it for work, sure. right? Right. There's more people in slavery today than have ever existed, and we're arguing over feminine power. Good point. It's like a huge distraction. It's like, ladies, we've achieved it. Now let's go reach and help the other ones because girls are more likely to be targeted. You know, Venezuela being a socialist country, these girls are so desperate for food that they are just, the sex trafficking is just swarmed with Venezuelan girls who thought Mm. they were going to go be maids in Brazil. Wow. I didn't know that. That's insane. It's, it's, uh, well, I just read an article, I believe it was in the, I believe it was in the Wall Street Journal that Nigeria shut down all their schools because people were like groups of people were coming in and taking the students like right out of class in broad daylight at gunpoint. And so, like, I believe that was the article. I'll have to go back and double check. I've heard stuff like that. And yeah, those children are loved by their parents, just like we love our kids. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we're not living naively. And not being uncomfortable because the world is totally comfortable having all of these conversations. They're comfortable showing, you know, sex. I mean, yeah. when somebody gets, you know, caught for having child pornography, who's making that child pornography? That's somebody's kid, right? right? That's being depicted right, right. in that. All of this is completely comfortable in our society to talk about the 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 enjoyment of it all, right? Yeah. We need to be very wow. comfortable arming our children with the information that they can be safe and that they can say, no, don't touch me. No, mm-hmm. I'm not comfortable with this conversation. I'm not talking. You know, I, I think it's really important that we say truth should never be sacrificed to kindness. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned earlier yeah, how yeah, we yeah. our kids, like oh, that. give your uncle a hug for bringing you a present. Give him a high five or a hug, whatever you want. Say thank you. Yeah, whatever you want. Or don't. Yeah. But, you know, you <laughs> need whatever. to be appropriate. You know, you need to, you can't be like, whatever. Right. Cause that's just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Being, obviously. Yes. You be know, grateful. Polite. Yeah. But, yeah, sure, gratitude, words, but you don't have five, to, yeah. whatever you want. Mm-hmm. You know, if you want to give yeah, them a hug, yeah, but people you say, you want to give them a hug. I'm like, or a high five, son, whatever. <laughs> or, yeah, I like that. <laughs> you know, you got a well, choice. Yeah. And yeah. And, and, but it's, but it's also nice that, you know, in that, in that little, even that little bit, we're just teaching people. Right. And they'll be like, oh, some people are like, why can't they hug me? And I'm like, well, I think it's a little weird that you're demanding a hug. And, you know, there are people, (laughs) you know, since my, since my books come out, I'm able to be like, you know, the book I wrote, right? Yeah. Yeah, Teaching my kids, (laughs) you know, but if you haven't written a book on the topic, like we believe in body autonomy and body choice. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. I think, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. My kids That's don't funny. have to hug me <laughs> to apologize. Sure. They just need to have sure. an appropriate tone and give me eye contact. Cause that's called living in go. the same house and being respectful. Right. Yeah. 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 And just being a, yeah. And I apologize I, yeah. being a to good them human being. Yeah. 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 Being a good human being, being, cause you want to teach your kids like being a productive human being in society because you're not going to get very far if you're a douche. Right. Yeah. But, but there is, but there is boundaries. Like you can be kind exactly. and, and not, you know, lean into certain societal things. I, I really, I really enjoyed our conversation. And yes, 
Lita, we will have to do this again. Uh, for sure. Perfect. Because <laughs> I yeah, you're like we. I I, I'm like, I told you I'm <laughs> the, good on my the, I'm ready to go. No, and I'm just like content. Hour, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, the hour flew by. It was fantastic. Um, so before we leave, though, where can everybody find your books? What are they called? What's the website? L- let everybody know. So if you know how to spell my name, which it's all on this, so yep, just yep. LitaGreen.com is my website where you can find my books. Um, you sign up for my newsletter. Um, my social media, I talk about God and family a ton. And sometimes my cats um, is Lita Green and Lita Green, <laughs> Lita Green, a.k.a. Hotness is where you can find my podcast and more of my professional side. Not as much cat pictures and very little about my kids. <laughs> um, and of course, I'm on LinkedIn. I don't tweet. Um, and I have okay, YouTube. Fair. But if you buy my book from my website, I sign it. Um, but it's also at Arms, um, Barnes & Noble and Amazon. Um, both my books, Love Me Too and How to Brace Your Hotness. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Lita. It was a pleasure. Yes. Thank you so much for having me on, Dalton. I love being able to have these important conversations. 